Lessons. I like lessons. I like to be taught lessons. I like to learn lessons. I like to obey lessons. I like to follow lessons. Most people don't. Think about lessons. I titled this Lessons for the Church, Lessons for You. And it hit me uh, after I had titled it and, well, to be really honest with you, since last Sunday. I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you're not a very smart preacher. Thank you for not saying amen. <laughs> I thought, you know, what's one thing that, that you have from your childhood that was a struggle? There's a very good chance that your struggle was with school and lessons that you were supposed to be learning. I absolutely love math. Can't stand math. I, I just, I, I struggled all the while through school with math. It's just, it's just not my thing. Now, my dad, you, you, could, you could throw just about any kind of a math problem at him, and within, oh, eight to ten seconds, he'd have an answer. And not only would it be an answer, it would be right. So when, when we use the word lessons, you, you often your heart rejects it because you think uh, lessons, I don't want to learn lessons because usually lessons come with practice, memorization, something that is difficult for us. That's why they're called lessons. It's a learning process. Well, honestly, I'm not sorry that I named it Lessons for the Church, Lessons for You, because I want you to understand the importance of it. You were taught all your growing up years that it was important to go to school. It was important to study. It was important to get good grades because that would later in life, <clears throat> excuse me, that would later in life do what for you? It would cause you to be successful, that you would be able to get a good job, that you would be able to, to provide for your family or for yourself, whatever the situation. Well, these lessons are lessons for us from James for successful living, for success in whatever we face in life. And I think it's very fascinating that the very first thing that he does is points to trials. I think it's, I think it's beautiful. He says, look, before we get into anything, <laughs> rejoice, <laughs> because it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But Really, before I even get started this morning, let me just ask you a quick question, and this is just for your heart not to answer to me. Why in the world could I take joy in a trial? The very simple answer is because it's preparing me for something greater. And I want the greater. I don't know about you. I want the greater. And what James is, if I can just boil it down and we can go home early... What James is saying is James is saying, look, rejoice in the trial because of the blessing that will follow. It will make things better in the long run. James chapter one. I'm going to go ahead and read verses one through eight. Follow along in your copy of the scripture or on the screen. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. 
My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and I will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. If you would, join me in prayer this morning. Father, God, I thank you and I praise you today for your love, for your kindness, for your goodness. Father, I think about the fact that we just read from your holy word, the Bible, and you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, moving upon men, sat down and penned these words to us. And Lord, you left this here for us, not to just study lessons. Father, you left it here for us, for us to discover what it is to be on this journey with you. You are teaching us and training us and leading us into the way everlasting. Father, I pray today, Lord, for those in this room who need you in their life for the very first time, that today they would accept Jesus Christ as not just Savior, but Savior and Lord of their life. Father, I pray for those who are wandering and need to come running back. Father, I'm praying for uh, Christians who need to learn the lessons, whether for the first time or over and again for the upteenth time. Father, teach us that we might follow you in a manner that is pleasing to you. And Father, in a way that brings ultimate joy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, uh, I'm I'm not going to rehash last week, um, but uh, I want to remind you of last week just very quickly. Uh, It was the uh, contentment of the joy of the trial, and I've already just spoken to that a little bit, but I want you to realize that we can find joy in the trial. It's, it's real, and uh, it's, it's important that we do. You will remember that we wound up with a key thought last week. Rejoice in the trials that we face, not letting them destroy what will come out of them. In other words, Don't let it get burnt up. Learn it and grow from it. Let it have its work in us. Well, today I want to just stick with where we are and keep going forward. And we're going to kind of dissect verses 3 and 4 today. And uh, it's, it's really beautiful. It's the course of perseverance. The course of perseverance. Listen to verses 3 and 4 one more time. We just read it. Listen to it again. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, you just listen to it. So, ignore, as a matter of fact, take it down from the screen. I don't want it on the screen. Uh, put, put a picture of, you know, Mickey or somebody up there. I don't care. <clears throat> Now I want you to listen again. That was the New King James Version. I want you to listen to ESV. Listen intently. It's not anywhere on purpose. I want you to hear what it says. Verses 3 and 4. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. 
and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. New King James said, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Over here in the ESV, it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It's the same thing, patience or steadfastness, that you are able to to stand up to whatever it is that you're looking in the face of. James tells us this is something already known. We have already experienced the pain of a problem and the profit of our persistence through it. I want to grow. I want to become more steadfast. I want my trial to have its work in me. I want to be better. I want to grow. And that's the whole concept. Look, I've, I've got a, an Apple Watch, and I love my Apple Watch. It talks to me. It does all kinds of things. It, it reminds me that I'm alive. It does all kinds of things. <clears throat> but I've got a little screen saver on it. It's the screen that you look at when you first, it first pops up. And guess what it says? Enjoy the journey. Hmm. Enjoy the journey. Find joy in the journey. But preacher, I'm, I'm going through all kinds of, of, of difficulties. I've, I've been given a, a bad medical re- report. I've been, I've been given bad financial reports. I've, my, my friends don't like me. My family's rejected me. I've, I'm going through all kinds of trials. All, you don't know what I'm going through. How can you say find joy? How can you say grow? I've been beat down. I'm destroyed. Whatever it is that you're going through, there's a reason, and there's a purpose. It's part of the journey. Um, my daughter, her husband, and my two grandbabies are here. They got here Friday. Yay! It's, you have no idea. <clears throat> They're here. They got here Friday. But um, due to whatever, it's a long story, but uh, they decided to fly into Sacramento and instead of Reno. So Friday, we drove to Sacramento. Now, you know what it did Thursday. I love snow. <laughs> and we looked, and we I'm, actually, I talked to uh, Pastor Chris, and Pastor Chris said, well, you can go up around go north and across, and it's pretty clear. I'm bullheaded, so we went over the mountain. <laughs> and we got to the top of the mountain, and there was a trial. <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of snow at the top of the mountain. It was fun. <laughs> I had a blast. Right at the very top, everything was drifting over the road. It was fun. I had a shovel in the back, and I had Lisa get out and go af- ahead of me and shovel. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, it was, it was a fun trip, but, you know, I thought to myself about this morning and about the fact that, you know, the journey to Sacramento, it was nothing but joy on that end. I mean, when you're in an airport and you, you get down on your knees and you look at your granddaughter running at you with her arms running, I mean, that's pure joy. I'm just telling you, if you don't know that, uh, well, it's just joy. But the trials to get there were real. The difficulties were real, but it made it all that much sweeter. And the knowledge that I had to come back over that mountain, but it was hours later and everything was clear. And I thought to myself, wow, it was the unknown going 
And it was the known coming back and everything seemed better. And it was. Isn't that the way life is? The persistence, the steadfastness. He's wanting us to learn. He says that the testing of your faith produces patience. But we need to understand a few things that I fear that we overlook when we read through and rush through Scripture. So this morning we're going to take our time. James is asking us to understand and appreciate the spiritual significance trials have in our lives. We are on a journey of faith. We are living under the, the, the lordship of a sovereign God. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. He knows what this church needs. He knows it all. He is a sovereign, all-knowing God. Isn't that awesome? I put my faith and my trust in a sovereign God, not a, a God who may come through or may not come through, who may love me today or may not love me tomorrow. It, it, that's not the kind of God. He is a sovereign God. He is, he's a God who cares about you and I. And the things that he allows us to go, did you hear me? That he allows us to go, and that's not a loving God if he's going to allow me to go through a trial. The things that he allows us to go through are for our benefit and for our understanding, for our training, for our teaching, so that we can grow and be stronger. Think about the, the weightlifter. Why does he lift weights? It's because he's strong. He can lift anything. No, he got strong because of the weights. He got... He got that. Okay, I'm not a weightlifter. <clears throat> he got strong because of the weights, because of the trial and the difficulty that he put his muscles through. He got that way because he built his body up. God allows us to go through certain things to prepare us for later. I have to get very personal with you right now. And this is, this is not to say, oh, poor preacher, because that's not the point of what I'm about to share with you. My mother ended her own life. She committed suicide years ago. And let me tell you something. That was one of the most difficult moments of my life. It, it crushed me to my, to my core. And I was, I was at least six months before I began dealing with the pain that I went through. But let me tell you something, as much as I would never, ever wish for that to happen in my life, I wish I could go back even now and change it. I do. However, I look over my shoulder and I look back at those days and I look at all of the days since that day. And I look at all of the things that God has allowed me to go through to include that. And all of the experiences is, experiences is, is Experiences that I've been through since and all of the people who have either had a family member commit suicide or or are contemplating suicide themselves or are going through a depressed time or a difficult time and the opportunities that I've had to share and to to help them experience what I've been through so that they can see it from a different perspective. It's amazing what God has used it for in my life. Do I wish that happened? No. But am I glad in the aftermath that I've had the opportunities that I've had to minister to others as a result? You betcha. I'm happy that I've got those experiences that I can love on others who are going through the pain and the difficulty that I went through and point them to a sovereign God who wants to do a like work in them. 
He wants to do a work in you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, he wants to take and use it. He wants to, let me say it again, he wants to test your faith to produce patience or steadfastness to grow you and build a firm foundation. We're living under the lordship of a sovereign God. James expects us to weather the trials that we face. (laughs) He expects it. This is an expectation that Scripture's giving you. No matter what you're going through, the expectation is, is that you're going to face it head on and not quit, not stop. He wants you to grow. The expectation is here. Listen, he uses the word testing. Testing. I want you to think about the joy of testing. Did you know that the word testing has a positive meaning? This isn't negative. This is positive. It's the positive I want you to face today with me. It is a word with positive meaning. In our world today, we have both kinds of tests. Tests that show our readiness for a task. When I was in the Army, um, there was, I was a combat medic in the 82nd Airborne, and there was a a, a badge that you could try to attain. It's called the EFMB, the Expert Field Medical Badge. And to get the Expert Field Medical Badge, you had to study, you had to prepare, and you went out and you slept in a tent. Why do you have to sleep in a tent in the Army? I don't understand that. But we go out there, and every day you get up and you go through what they called lanes. And on this lane, you had to do triage. In this lane, you had to uh, know how to do CPR. In this lane, you had to know how to uh, reattach a limb. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I don't remember what all they were. But, but there were like 15 or 20 lanes that you had to go down. And you had to, you had to master every one of them to be awarded the EFMB. I went through the EFMB course and failed miserably. I went and tried again a year later or something, and guess what I did? I went through there, and I failed. I wanted to do it again, but I never got the opportunity to try. Now, in all fairness, the second time I went through it, I failed one lane, and it was because the guy didn't like me. I did it right. I still believe I... Anyway, that's... That's a lot of pain in my past. I'll I'll get over that. The testing, though, the testing is what I want you to see. The testing was there to not say what a horrible soldier you were or a horrible medic that you were. What the testing was there to do was to show proficiency. It was to be a positive for you. It was to show that you were ready for the task. In other words, if, if I went to war and a soldier who was wounded is laying there and he looked up and he saw a badge on my chest, the EFMB, he'd say, now that's the medic for me. <laughs> or a guy like me walk up and say, are you a medic? <laughs> yeah. Where's your badge? Get away from me. Let me, let me perish. <clears throat> Just kidding. Listen. Tests show a readiness for the task. Tests test can show the horizon for failure. I get that. that there's, there's some tests and some people that treat tests wrongly. But listen, many tests incorporate both uh, a readiness for the task and to see if you're going to fail. Think about bridges. Bridges, they, they test bridges. Why do they test bridges? Huh. They test bridges both for safety. 
to know that bridges limits. I don't know about you, but if I'm hauling a heavy load and I get to a bridge and it's been tested and it says it's tested for a thousand pounds and I've got 10,000, I want to know what that bridge has been tested for. I want to know that it's been tested for its readiness. I want it. I want to know that maybe I shouldn't drive my truck over because it has been tested and I can see their limit. But I want you to understand that we can be tested to know our limits. So the real meaning of testing is trustworthiness or proved. God wants you to, to show yourself proved. He wants you to face whatever it is you're going through and allow him and his sovereignty to not only bring it to you, but also to allow him to show you how to make it through whatever that trial is. Whatever that testing is, whatever that difficulty is, he's the one to carry you through. I hope that you listen. I hope that you listen to the music when we're praising God and we're worshiping him. I hope that you were listening to the songs this morning. Matter of fact, if you weren't, let me make a strong encouragement to you. Come to the second service and listen again. <laughs> it's up to you, I'm, but it, it really, it'd be worthy. Or go home and pull up the website and just listen to the worship and watch the songs again and listen to the wording. Look, I, I, I made a very pointed statement some many weeks ago now that one of my, if not my very favorite song is Be Thou My Vision. We've now sung it twice. Good job, Barbara. I love that song. And I pray that you listen to the words. Be thou my vision. I want him to be the very one that shows me everything that I'm going through, how to face it and go through it and grow from it. I want to be his. I don't want it for me. I want it for him. I want to be proven to be a steadfast follower of Jesus Christ. And all the while, if I'm doing that, guess what happens? I get to enjoy the journey. I get to enjoy it. The, I, I sit around and I read uh, catechisms all the time. Not really. I'm just kidding. It's, who would do that? But the Westminster Catechism, along with multiple other catechisms, but the Westminster Catechism, the very first line in the Westminster Catechism goes like this. You ready? You might want to write this down because this is worthy. I'm not, I'm not big into catechisms, but this is worthy. The chief end of man. Now, let me describe that to you real quick. The chief end of man or the main purpose that you're alive, the main purpose that you exist, the main purpose that God created you. The chief end of man is to glorify God. And enjoy him forever. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. My purpose for being here, my purpose for being alive, my purpose for my creation, the reason that God chose to create me and you was for our main purpose to bring him glory and enjoy him forever. Now, you can mess that up too. Let me explain how you can mess that up. 
We are Americans. We are in a Western culture. We're in the Western church. And we love one thing above all things as a part of our American society. You know what that is? The one thing that we love more than anything is enjoyment. We love to enjoy things. So I look at that statement, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Oh, yeah, I want to enjoy. Sure. So wait, what was that again that I have to do to enjoy him? Oh, glorify him? Okay, I can bring him glory. So I'm glorify him so I can enjoy him forever? No. Don't get it backwards. Don't mess up, oh thou Western Christian. Don't mess up. My main reason for being chief end of man is to glorify God. Stop, period. Full stop, period. My purpose is to glorify him. What does that mean? That means that I am the moon and he is the sun. I reflect his glory. My light is none of my own. It's all him. It's just a reflection back to him. I'm bringing him glory with the way that I lead my life, the way that I live my life, the way that I persist through the midst of trials, the way that I persevere through no matter what comes my way. That is me bringing him glory. And as a result of bringing him glory, I get to hear at the end, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into your reward. Parenthesis, Daniel, emphasis, enjoy him forever. Does that mean I don't enjoy him now? Oh, sure I do. Sure I do. Part of that bringing him glory (laughs) brings me joy because I know that I am pleasing the Father with my response to no matter what faces my day. Some days... Some days are not trial-filled at all. You know what those kind of days are? It's when a granddaughter comes running with her arms wide open that you haven't seen for a while, and she wraps her arms around you. That's, that's getting to enjoy life, but sometimes it's trials. Sometimes telephone poles fall on your head or just miss. It, trials, they can have their, their purpose and their meaning, their work, So the real meaning of testing is trustworthiness or proved. It is the same word that we read earlier last week. Listen to 1 Peter 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the same thing. It's the same concept. The word also carries with it the meaning of value. A value of our faith is that it has the ability to carry us through the trials that we fall into. Our faith has been built in us and created in us to face anything, anything. You don't understand, preacher. You don't understand what I'm going through. You're right. I don't understand. And you know what? I don't care that I don't understand. It doesn't matter if I understand. He understands. My God understands what you're going through, and he created you, prepared you, and everything you've been through, the preponderance of your life up to this moment has prepared you to be able to face whatever it is you're facing. Doesn't that feel good? 
I want to grow. I want to be like him. I want to, I want to bring him glory. I want to bring him honor. And I want to enjoy my every waking moment with him. <laughs> Value our faith. Perseverance, listen, perseverance perfects our walk. <laughs> it's working for us as I buffet <laughs> my body against what life throws my way. It perfects my walk or my journey, if you will. First, there is a little play on words here. The words finish and mature are the same Greek word. So our, as our perseverance is finished or matured, as we mature and as we grow in Christ, so also is our life as a believer. My character as a believer is advanced. I move forward. My Christ-likeness is also advanced. Did you hear that? I said my. Let me change that. Your Christ-likeness advances. What are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be like Christ. What was Christ like? He was pretty good. No, he was awesome. He was... He was so awesome that he was perfect in the face of every temptation, every trial, every difficulty, everything he ever faced, even to the scourging, even to the, to the crucifixion on the cross, every bit of it, he was found faithful and perfect. And now we're called to be like Christ. I'm supposed to be becoming like him. How do I do that? I have to do what he did. It's a phrase that I love to use in, in my own personal walk. It's, it's, I want to be of the fellowship of the suffering. I want to be a fellow sufferer with Christ. I want to become like him. I want to be able to face no matter what it is, like he faced whatever it was. <laughs> a perfect walk has three parts. A perfect walk permits me to be mature. It allows me to grow. The perfect walk with Christ, it's causing me to become more mature. I have a question for you. This is a good one since we're barely into 2024. My question is, today, as you sit, wherever it is that you sit, if you are a believer, a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, are you closer to being like him today than you were this time last year? Or are you right where you sat last year and you're, nothing has changed? What is going on in your walk with him? Are you growing? Are you maturing? Or are you sitting idle just waiting for the eastern sky to split open? Which is it? I want to grow to be more like Christ. Every day, I want to be more like him. I want, when others see me, I want them to say, wait, what is it about that guy? He's... <laughs> He's reflecting something like the moon. <laughs> I doubt anybody's ever going to say that. I want them to see something in me. I want them to see. And matter of fact, my brothers and sisters in Christ, if I run into one that I knew 10 years ago, I want them to walk up to me and say, you know what? You're nothing like you once were. Wow. <laughs> You're just walking the walk. <laughs> You're doing it. You're, you're more like Christ today than you've ever been. Again, I doubt anybody's ever going to say that. 
But boy, that's the way I want to live. I want to be mature. Maturity is to be seasoned, experienced, well-developed, fit for the task that God sent us into the world to do. I want to be fulfilling my purpose. You know, the number one question, I, I, I said I was going to write a book. I, I said that about 20 years ago. I said, I'm going to write a book about the top 10 questions that every pastor gets asked. <laughs> the top 10 questions every pastor gets asked. Okay? In the top two, in the top two, possibly coming in at number one, is this question for a pastor. Preacher, how can I find out what God's will for my life is? That's one of the number one questions. How can I know God's will for my life? Well, that's a great question. Don't quit. Keep following. You want to know the answer? Ask him. Seek his word. He's got a reason, a, a purpose, and he wants to fill you with a passion for that purpose. He wants to mature you. And by the way, maturity here does not have anything to do with how old or how young you are. That means nothing. What maturity means is allowing him to have his work in you, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He wants to mature you. He wants to grow you through all of life's experiences. He wants, you want, he wants to grow in you what he have, has in Christ. It is a quality developed by how much we have learned from the trials we have experienced. Experience has the ability to recognize a mistake when we make it again. How many of you have made the mistake and then made it again? Go ahead. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, you did it again. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> yeah, we all have been there. But that's part of the maturity process is not, not that we're going to get it right every time, not that we're going to go through and learn our lesson and then, oops, do it again. That's part of the maturing process. And even the, the fact that you were mature enough to raise your hand and say, yep, I've been there and I've done that and I've done it again. I've done it. It's, it's the maturing process is to recognize his training and teaching and preparing you so that you don't do it even again. <laughs> Experience has the ability to recognize a mistake, but maturity is the ability to recognize a mistake before we make it again. That's when maturity really kicks in. It's like, whoop, no, been there, done that. Not going to do it again. I'm going to stay inside and fix the fence tomorrow when the wind's not blowing. <laughs> Just playing, man. That, that really impacted me. <laughs> and I praise the Lord that you were safe, and I'm not kidding. I'll, remind me to tell you the story of a hurricane and being on a roof. Anyway, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I won't be there again. I moved to Nevada. <laughs> I have to hurry. A perfect walk permits me, listen, a perfect walk permits me to be complete. Did you hear me? A perfect walk, <laughs> a completeness. Complete means to be fully trained. You know, what, you know what I'm going to look like when I'm fully trained? You know what we're going to look like when we're fully trained? 
we are going to be standing in the presence of Jesus in a transformed body, perfect, no taxes, no sickness, no pain, no suffering, no loss, no nothing but perfection. Huh. I want to head in that direction. <laughs> I want to be there. I want to become perfect. It allows me to become mature. <laughs> A perfect walk, complete, fully trained. Weaknesses and imperfections are being removed from our walk. And not only that, but our character. It's being removed. I'm being changed into the likeness of Christ. My imperfections are becoming a thing of the past. I am growing to be more like him. We are gaining victory over old sins. <laughs> oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He bought me, he sought me, and he bought me with his redeeming blood. I loved him ere I knew him. Oh, my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath his cleansing flood. A perfect walk permits me to lack nothing. We will not be lacking anything when we are mature and complete in all the essential areas of our Christian walk. Although this last quality is stated in the negative, it describes a security or a contentment that comes from A, knowing that God has what we need when we need it, and B, believing in God's faithfulness. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? This is what this morning all boils down to. Do you trust him? I do not care what you heard. I don't care what you heard from your friend, from your family member, from your doctor, from your financial advisor. I don't care what you've, what you've seen or heard from anybody else. I want to ask you, do you believe that God will be faithful? He will carry you through no matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what it is you've heard, no matter what it is that is dragging you down, no matter what it is that has depressed your heart or your soul. He is faithful and will always be. He will never let you down. He will never quit. He has a reason and a purpose for you. Here's the beauty of God. You know, I wouldn't know him except for one reality. He pursued me. <laughs> Matter of fact, if I can set up a picture, you see where Pastor Chris is sitting? You won't hear me do this very often, but Pastor Chris, I'm going to let you be the image of God for just a moment. Whew. And Chris, in the image of God, is pursuing me. And at one point in my life, I was running as hard as I could to put distance in between he and I. There were many reasons for that, most of them self-serving. I thank God that he is a lot faster than me. I've praised God that 
He was unrelenting and unquitting. And I thank God for a mature Christian named Vic who joined in the chase with God and was the instrument God used to finally <laughs> land this fish. And I'm thankful that God has never, ever stopped pursuing my heart. That is a sovereign God who understands just what we need, just what you need. Learn the lessons. Listen to this key thought for today. We are expected to weather our trials, and in the process of weathering them, we grow in our Christian maturity, experience, and faithfulness. Mm. Weather. Weather the storm. Stand fast. Don't quit. <laughs> this morning, I'm about to pray. And we're going to do what we did last week because, well, last week was fun and I'm going to have fun today. We're going to sing as soon as I get done praying. And I'm going to be standing here for a little while. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, come and say, what must I do to be saved? I'll share with you, not what I think. I'll share with you what the Word says. I will show you and tell you what the Word says, even down to why you need to be saved. Christian, are you wandering? Are you running? Are you, are you trying to get away from the test? Are you trying to get away from the trial? Have you been ignoring the Father far too long? Maybe it's time. No, without a question, it's time to come home. Come, rededicate your life to him. And the beauty is he's waiting on you and he's ready for you. He's been waiting and he's been ready for a while. Hmm. Or maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, you know what? My brother needs to hear this. My sister needs to hear this. My neighbor, my hairdresser, somebody that you're desperately concerned about, whether it's their spiritual health, their physical health, their mental health, whatever it is, this altar is open for you this morning to come and to pray for whatever reason. And listen, people aren't going to be critical of you. What that does is when you turn around and pray at this altar, you get on your knees and you pray, you garner the prayers of brothers and sisters throughout the room, not being critical of you, but concerned about you and praying that God will meet whatever it is Meet the need of whatever it is that you have come forward for. Pray with me, will you? Father, oh God, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you this morning. I thank you again for the book of James. I thank you for the, your word, Father. And I thank you that uh, it, you understand that this life, it's not easy, and that this life has its challenges, its difficulties, its trials, its, its, its tests. And what we're called to is not to do it by ourselves, but ultimately to rest everything in you and to follow you all the way to the end. And Father, that you as a result of us looking unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith, we will be able to face and weather whatever the challenge is and come out the other side stronger, more like Christ, ready to face whatever it is that life brings our way. Father, mature us, grow us. Father, I pray for the lost in this room today that they will come 
unto Jesus this very day. Father, that they will say, yes, I want that salvation. I want that hope. Yes, I want to grow in Christ. I want to be like him. Father, I pray for Christians who've been wandering far too long. Father, I pray for those who have burdens that they need to leave at this altar. Father, I'm praying this morning that you have your will and your way in each and every heart today. And Father, that we will bring you the honor and glory because of it. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.